A little context. My dad and I live together in our own multifamily home in Germany. My dad has a serious lung condition. His lungs produce and trap an excessive amount of mucus. The trapped amount is huge, and it keeps his lungs from working correctly. It's pretty normal that he has to be picked up by an ambulance every two to three weeks because he can't breathe anymore. Last week, it was that time of the month. He couldn't breathe, and I called an ambulance, and he was brought to the closest hospital. Pretty normal for me, because this happened at least ten times in the last six months. So I went to bed after I got picked up, which was on a Tuesday. I went to work the next morning, and I got a text from him that he has to stay for at least two more days. Wednesday evening, I would got home from work, and I played a match of Rogue Company when someone suddenly rang the doorbell. That was kind of unusual because we never really have unannounced visitors. I walked to the door and I was about to press the door buzzer to open the main door when I then heard more than one voice directly in front of my door so that someone just got past the main door. Weird. I asked in German, Uh, hello? Who is it? Nothing but silence for three seconds. Then a person who sounds like my father but at the same time doesn't sound like my father then answers back. Mika, it's me. I forgot my keys. Open the door. I thought, okay, well, in that case, wait a minute. My dad never calls me Mika, only Miki, and there was also a sarcastic tone in that voice. I didn't trust the situation. I called my father on his phone. If the person in front of my door was really my father, his phone should ring, right? Right, and it didn't. Big whoop. My father answered and, just as I suspected, he was still in the hospital. Meanwhile, the two people on the other side of the door heard my phone call and started kicking the door. Let me in, Mika. It's your dad. Let me in. Thank God that door's reinforced. After I threatened them with calling the police and having a big-ass knife in my hand, they left. I heard their footsteps running down the staircase. I rushed to a window facing the street to see if I can see a car or a license plate. Nothing. Just a few footsteps in the distance. They never came back. What's weird is that they knew my name and that my father wasn't home, despite his car standing in the driveway. Shit was really hitting the fan when a buddy of mine reported something similar. We called the police and they're currently doing an investigation as I write this. If I happen to get any new information, I'll definitely provide an update. When I was in 8th grade and my little sister was in 6th grade, we were staying home from school. We lived in a bad neighborhood, but we'd always stay home alone. Our bedroom window looked out on the front porch, and you would walk toward our window to get to the front door to the side of the porch. I was lying on the bottom bunk of our bed with a headache and stomach ache, and my sister was on the floor right beside the bed, playing around, trying to make me laugh. We were just in our underwear because, you know... That's how we slept at night, and we hadn't dressed for the day. All of a sudden, we heard a crashing sound. My little sister went to go see what was going on. When she reached the hallway, a giant of a man came around the corner from the living room. She ran back into the bedroom, slammed the bedroom door shut, and leaned all of her weight on it. I'm not proud, but I covered my whole body and head with my blanket and prayed the hardest I'd ever prayed while I heard bang after bang as the man tried to knock down the bedroom door to get to us. I was pretty certain he would get in, but I was too afraid to move. Finally, after what seemed like forever, he stopped. 
we could hear him walking around the house. He returned to the door to try a few more times, before then leaving without taking anything. My little sister wanted to investigate immediately, but I made her wait while I listened for any more sounds. Once I was satisfied that it had been quiet long enough, we then got dressed and I investigated. The front door and frame laid shattered on the floor. I was afraid of the police, so I got my mom's address book and then started calling numbers I recognized until I reached the mother of some kids we played with sometimes. I wasn't able to reach our parents. I told her what had happened and she sent her husband while staying on the phone with me. When he later arrived, he stepped over the front door, shocked, then took over. I was really relieved and once I'd answered his questions, I then shut down and went mute. He propped up what was left of the front door and called 911. We waited on the porch for the police. After the police arrived, they managed to get a hold of my mother. My mother came home and she actually mocked me for being a coward. The police dusted for fingerprints and my little sister sat with a sketch artist. Very surprisingly, they knew who the guy was and where he was, but didn't arrest him. They said there wasn't enough evidence. My little sister went to therapy, but my mental health needs were ignored. In my parents' eyes, I had really failed to do my duty and protect my little sister. Neither my sister nor myself really talk about it. We just referred to it as the break-in. One good thing is that we ended up getting a dog after this happened, and I think that was a good idea. This happened to me in February of 2018. I had just turned 16 the month prior, and I live in southwestern Ohio. At the time, there was a huge amount of snow flurries coming in, and eventually, the roads had started to freeze, and I had got the news that school was closed, waking up to the email notification in the early morning from my principal. I was happy, but I knew that day would lead to boring, unproductive activities. I told my parents when they got up in the morning that school was closed, and then went back to bed only to get like 30 minutes of sleep because my body has a habit to get up early no matter how late I want to sleep in. While I was up, I heard my parents getting ready so they would soon be on their way to work. I really felt for them because most jobs always stay open no matter how bad the snow is here in Ohio, but I was happy for myself, only for that to soon come to a halt. It was around 12.30 p.m. and I was making myself a quesadilla for lunch while my miniature short Dotson, Miley, was laying down relaxing. I was just about to finish off making my lunch, but out of nowhere, I had heard the doorbell ring. Miley darted to the front door, barking like she usually does whenever the door rings, and I reluctantly followed behind, thinking it was someone delivering a package or something. I turned off the eye on the stove, and I walked over to the front door. On our front door are two windows on each side, the left and the right. The windows allow you to easily see who was on the patio of our front door, but also allowed the person outside to see inside the house as well. Milo was barking at the person on the right side of the window, and I could hear the person interacting with her from the outside, talking in all sorts. I'm coming to the side of the left window from a different room, and before I could even go in front of the door, I see the person outside of the door. It was a tall guy who was about six foot five, wearing a black top hat, glasses, and a black trench coat. Keep in mind, I wasn't in view of the window, so he didn't see me, but I could see him. 
I thought I shouldn't open the door because he's a stranger and, well, my parents weren't home. But then I thought, hey, I'm 16. I mean, I am practically an adult, right? I would later find out that this was a great mistake. I walked over to the door, told Molly to hush and to sit, and I cracked the door a little as I didn't want too much freezing cold air to come inside. I'm now able to get a good look at it. At first I thought, oh shit, it's Jehovah's Witness, but it was too late anyway, so I just said hello. The man then smiled, and he said hello back. The rest of the conversation went like this. Hey, what can I help you with? I was wondering if maybe you had some tools and if you could help me fix my car. It broke down, and I wanted to ask someone for help. Can you help me? Now, I didn't even have my driver's license nor a car at the time, so I couldn't really help him with any of that. Sorry, man, but I don't really have any kind of knowledge about cars. Maybe you have some tools then, and you can just show me where they're located, and then you can come with me. Uh, sorry, man, I can't do that. Those are my dad's tools, but I'm sure one of the neighbors can help you instead. He looked really displeased when I said this, and it went silent for about 12 seconds. I thought to myself on why the hell would I show him my tools? Was this guy serious? He then broke the silence. Could you just let me see, please? He was now speaking in a semi-aggressive tone now. No, but I'm sure someone else can help you. It was silent again, but I slowly closed the door, only to look down at his foot and abruptly block the door from closing. I look back at his face, and he's now making a blank sadistic stare at me. Alright boy, let me in. I then stared at him in an agitated manner, and started opening the door slightly, but not enough to let him inside. I then started slamming the door on his foot, and then stomping on his foot at the same time. He started to shout in pain, and removed his foot from blocking the door. I instantly close it, and lock the door. He's now banging on all parts of the door, and yelling slightly. I knew that all of my neighbors were at work, so nobody was here to hear this maniac practically now yelling and banging on the door. I looked down and Miley was now barking at the man frantically. The man started banging on the windows and door in the front of the house, and I took Miley who was growling and barking crazily to go back to the kitchen to hide. As I was sitting on the floor of my kitchen with my nerves very much shaken up, I was starting to get my mind back to reality as I never really imagined something as scary as this would happen to me in my very peaceful neighborhood. The man looked to be gone now and I saw him run off somewhere. I then laid on the floor with my dog, absolutely scared out of my mind while it was silent. It was then to my horror, I could hear the fence door in my backyard open and close. To give you the idea of how I heard it was because of the setup of my house. There are four rooms that face the backyard with their own windows. First is the laundry room, which also had a door leading to the garage. And in the garage, there was a door leading to the backyard. And if you leave the garage through there, you can walk up to the fence door as well, which led to our driveway. The laundry room was also a sliding wood door that leads to the kitchen, which also had a window facing the backyard. You then keep walking straight, and you pass the dining room which had one of the three biggest windows in our house that takes up the space of nearly the entire wall so you can look at the backyard as you eat. If you keep walking a little more, you enter the TV room, which has a door made up as a window, which leads to a deck outside in the backyard. And when it's warmer outside, you can sit at a table out there. 
In the TV room, there's also a large window there as well. I slowly crept up from the floor to look outside the window from the kitchen to see the same annoyingly creepy-ass man. He looked around the backyard and he then made eye contact with me. He looked angry and he made a mad dash for the deck and went straight to the door that was accessible into the TV room. However, I knew it would be locked as we always kept it locked in the winter. He gave up after three seconds of trying to open it and made another mad dash to the garage door. This was my fuck up. I forgot to lock that door after letting Miley in from outside earlier. I was freaking the fuck out now and I ran to the door that led from the garage to the laundry room to lock it. The man then beat me to open the door before I did, but luckily I was locked. I could now hear this man opening the screen door and banging on it. I was happy that he wasn't inside, but he had access to the garage now, and I was kind of scared that he was going to steal something. Hey boy, let me in. All I want to do is get warm with you. My blood ran cold when he said that to me. I stood in the room staring at the door for like a minute, and I had then snapped in my senses and I scooped up Miley. I ran all the way to my room upstairs with her still barking, locked my bedroom door, and hid in my closet. I called 911, and I then tell my parents what happened. The cops arrived in about 15 minutes. But of course, by the time they made it, the man was long gone. One of the cops rang my doorbell, and he told me that whoever was in the garage fled. The cop led me to the garage, where he showed me that this crazy deranged man had ripped the old screen off the hinges and was essentially using the tools from my dad's garage to remove the door to get inside. This man was that desperate to try anything to get to me. I later learned that apparently this man was very notorious for breaking into people's homes and then injuring people really badly once he managed to break in. My mom had also recognized that there were people on this neighborhood community app talking about this man. People were apparently posting about this man saying he would ring people's doorbells repeatedly until someone answered and then made them his next target. He was eventually found and arrested and my dad installed security cameras and even a camera that activates when someone rings the doorbell. I'd hate to think what could have happened to me if I never locked the door leading inside the house from the garage. I'm now paranoid and I can't even rest in the house without knowing every little thing in the house is locked. Hey everyone. I just want to take a small break from the stories to thank today's sponsor, ShipStation. Last year was a real mess. There were shipping delays, supply shortages, and a lot of holiday demand. But now you're ringing in the new year with impatient customers, returns, and expensive shipping rates. It's time to switch to a better shipping solution that can handle it all painlessly. ShipStation is one of the easiest and most convenient choice for e-commerce sellers. You can import orders with any sales channel ship using any carrier with deeply discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task. I know a lot of people personally who use ShipStation, and even during the holidays, they were able to get out their shipments in a very timely manner, as well as save a lot of money. With ShipStation, you can save time by funneling all your orders into one simple interface, no matter what you're selling. Manage every single order, whether it's Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or even your own website, from anywhere, even on your phone. Ship more and less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code CANNIBAL to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in CANNIBAL. ShipStation. 
makeshift happen. Me and my boyfriend moved in together at the end of 2020, and at the time, it had only been about six or seven months that we lived together. I was mostly home by myself, as he always worked from 1pm to 10pm shifts at his job. I'm a graduate student, so my work hours are in the daytime for three days a week. He didn't have a license or a car at the time, so I was his ride to and from work every day, which wasn't too bad as he'd pay for gas a lot. For context, we're both 23 years old and fresh out of college, and we've known each other for 10 years and been dating for 9 years. Some nights we would drink a lot and stay up super late, since he got out of work late, and we just really overall enjoyed each other's company. We really were loving living together. One night, the random night that we decided not to drink but just watch movies, we settled into bed earlier than normal, around midnight. He tends to fall asleep listening to a Twitch stream or podcast, so he keeps one earbud in with the volume really low. It never bugged me because he would always be alert and also paying attention to what was happening around him. We grew up in a very ghetto town where it was pretty common to hear gunshots or cars doing donuts outside, so we learned to really be prepared for anything. He was more prepared than I was, as he had far more experience with bad things happening in his neighborhood. The town we live in is on the central coast of California, very rich and overall felt way safer than where we came from, so we really never thought anything like this would happen. Our apartments can become very dark in the surrounding areas, as it's a lot of forest land. I loved it. Also for context, our apartment is a building, so all of our front doors are inside a long hallway. We're located on the second floor, second to the last door before the stairs. You actually need a key to enter the building itself, along with a separate house key. So anyways, one night we turned in for the night around midnight. My boyfriend fell asleep way faster than I did, and I was slowly drifting in and out of sleep until about 3am. At 3.07am, I woke up startled as I had heard a woman banging on our front door crying for help. She said she needed us to let her in because she needs help. I honestly thought I was dreaming, so it kind of took me a second to process it. I had hoped she would just leave or go to another door as it just seemed like all the scary movies you hear about someone trying to trick you into opening the door. Well, she never left, and she must have been banging on our door crying for about 30 seconds, but it felt like 10 minutes. My boyfriend is normally a light sleeper, but tonight he was really knocked out, so I slapped him on his arm and shook him a bit to try and wake him up to tell him someone's at our door. We both just laid there for a second to see if the woman would leave, both knowing in our minds that we weren't going anywhere near that door. We finally heard the woman scoff like she was upset that no one was answering. She completely stopped crying from what it sounded like. So me and my boyfriend slowly get up and he goes to peek through the peephole and I'm in the room with my dog calling 911. My voice was kind of shaky but I explained what was happening. During this call, I hear someone in the hallway of our building again and the glass shatters. A moment later, who I assume was this woman, pulls the fire alarm then waking up the whole building at 3am. The 911 dispatcher tells she's sending the police and the fire department to us and asked if I wanted to stay on the phone or have them call me back. I asked for a call back as I was already getting my dog on our leash in case it was a real fire or we really had to evacuate. Meanwhile, my boyfriend is out in the hall with the neighbors across from us asking what happened. 
Both him and the neighbors agree that they heard the woman crying, but have no idea why she pulled the fire alarm. Within about five minutes, a police officer knocks on our door, asks for me, and asks if we can go outside and talk. The fire alarm was so loud, I couldn't even hear myself speak. I just nodded and said yes, let me get my sweater and dog. So me and my boyfriend grab our wallet and purse, our dog, and then started to head out. While out in the hallway, I saw the broken glass to the fire extinguisher case all over the ground. My dog is a 45 pound husky and she was terrified, which was understandable with all the noise and she actually almost fled right onto the broken glass on the floor. I then scooped her up quickly and then started walking out of the building as fast as I could. When I got outside, the whole apartment complex was totally lit up with red and blue lights from all the cop cars and firefighters. A cop car was even driving around with a big spotlight looking for anyone suspicious. I began to check my dog's pulse just to make sure there was no glass. Everyone from my building was either outside or in their cars, as if ready to leave if they had to be unsure of what to do. My mind was racing as well if we did have to leave the apartment. I think we would have enough money for gas in a hotel, and if that fails, we can always drive back to our hometown that's about two and a half hours away. I knew we were going to be fine as long as we have each other. I must have not been the only one to call the cops, because the cop I was supposed to speak to was also speaking to two other women across the street from where we were. The cop finally came up to me and asked me what happened and if I saw the woman. I told him at the time that I had a really big wreath on my door blocking the people, so even if we got up to see her, we still wouldn't have been able to actually see her. The cop then informed me that outside, the building across from us was actually flooded because someone had turned on a water faucet and left it on. This had to have happened within the past hour as the water flooding really wasn't that bad. He also mentioned how there was trash as if someone went through the trash cans and then threw it everywhere in the street on the other side of the building. The cop said then he believes it may have just been teenagers playing a prank as we didn't know anyone in this city well enough for them to know where we live. I could automatically tell that was a lie. He just had no idea himself what actually could have been the cause of this, which didn't really make me feel any safer. We didn't get cleared to go back inside until a little after 4am, as it was a while for firefighters to assess the building and turn off the alarm. I don't think me and my boyfriend ever went back to sleep that night as we questioned everything. What did the lady want? Was there others waiting for us? Did they know who we were? Why did they go to our door? Was this a failed home invasion? And why would she do it in an apartment building where the walls are paper thin? Was she on drugs? And how the fuck did she even get into the building without a key? Ever since that night, I've become really uneasy having to leave the house at night. It's frustrating 